0: Hello podcast listeners, we're coming to you from underneath a quilt in yeah. the Ollie Hall studio, a.k.a.
1: Our, our, our office, and we've, uh, we're trying to improve the sound quality of these intros, so we are literally under a quilt right now. Bowser's outside of the quilt, he's our Basset Hound. He's and very
0: confused, he thinks that this is a game.
1: We've it's got, not a game, Bowser. It's not a game. Don't come under here, buddy. <laughs> you smell terrible. <laughs> so we have got um, a wonderful story coming up for you this, uh, this evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this.
0: Yeah, and it's a story that I think a lot of people um, have been requesting for us to put out on the podcast. And it's uh, Brad Campbell's story from our last live storytelling event, which was on the theme.
1: Mistakes were made. Yeah. He is a fantastic storyteller. And I think we're all probably going to hear more from him as a storyteller in the future.:
0: Whenever we, we were putting together our lineup, i really panicked because I remembered that um, we had these awesome jail cells in the back, and we needed someone to tell a story about, um, you know, maybe going to jail or uh, interacting with the police or something you know, along those lines. And um, Brad Campbell uh, sent me a Facebook message that said, I've got a story. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know Brad, Brad has taught uh, middle school English for 25 years, and that on its own deserves a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he lives with his partner Steven and their boxer Stella and two cats Zuzu and Monkey. And I'm not even going to say anything about Brad's story, so come on up, Brad.
2: When I was growing up, I was really intrigued with California, the state, and but I got mixed messages about it. Um, I was raised a strict Southern Baptist, and so California was um, supposed to eventually there was going to be this huge earthquake, and half of it would just slide off into the ocean, (laughs) you know, and that's where the the, for their wickedness, they that's where you know God would punish them (laughs) them. So I mean that's what they told us, and then but on the other hand, I saw all these biblical epics, you know, uh, the Ten Commandments and things like that, coming right out of Hollywood, California. So I thought, you know, it can't, the place can't be all bad. And um, then uh, later I started hearing about the wine country, and I mean my parents didn't never drank. And I thought these are people that live somewhere, and they—I mean—they call their home the Wine Country. They're not ashamed of it. <laughs> and um, so I thought that was fascinating. And then later, as you know, as I got older, uh, I mean, especially when I discovered that I was gay, I thought, you know, I'd love to go to San Francisco. And you know, again, I had been to San Francisco before, as a teenager with my parents, and I had flown out of San Francisco on a mission trip but I'd never been as that gay person to discover my roots, you know, to go to, go to Mecca. So you can imagine, my ex, my ex and I, we, we, you can imagine how excited we were when we got an invitation to a ranch in the wine country. And the 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 house itself was uh, it was it was like several um, hundred acres, and then there was a main house and three casitas for guests, and an infinity pool that overlooked the Mendocino Valley and the vineyard. I mean, you know, and it was owned by, there was, there were uh, a friend of ours and his partner and then five other gay men, so you know it was fabulous. (laughs) Um, And so we were so excited to be able to go to, you know, San Francisco, and we decided to make this a a big trip, and uh, we got tickets to San Francisco. We flew into San Francisco and saw the town, and we went to the Castro, which was so small compared to what we expected, and we saw, you know, Golden Gate Park and did all the touristy things and then we decided okay it's time to drive up to the wine country and we we had rented a convertible a Mustang convertible and we're going to drive up through the Sonoma and the Napa valleys and then you know and mere woods and then finally up to Mendocino Valley and the ranch um, now a little history here this was back uh, probably about 10 years ago when gas prices here were just over four dollars a gallon and they were approaching five dollars a gallon in california and so i hadn't planned everything out quite that well and when we got there and we get into this um, mustang convertible and we head out over the golden gate bridge and start up we start noticing that we are surrounded by priuses and economy cars and I felt like we were being, you know, judged because um, I take my guilt everywhere I go. It, it's, it it's go, fits perfectly in the overhead compartment in my carry-on luggage, and so I started thinking they're looking at it, they're calling they're calling us like gas guzzlers and dumbass and you know, goddamn Republicans and things like that. So. I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to drive too fast. I'm going to drive just, you know, not too fast, not too slow, so that we're not noticed and we're not pulled over by, you know, a a group of intimidating Priuses. (laughs) And um, so... Anyway, we got made our way up, and actually, I was so relieved when we got to the ranch because we could park the car, put the top up, and let it sit there and bully the ozone layer for a couple of days because we, we were you know, we decided we're just going to you know we aren't going to drive anywhere for a while and so we just laid around the pool and we ate well and we and we drank well of course, and just basically saw the went, went uh, fishing in the pond and went and saw the vineyards and uh, I mean there was a there was a column they had uh, beehives and all kinds of things a working ranch so we had plenty to do and then one morning in about two day two or three days into the trip we my partner and I woke up and we walked out and we went out to the pool on this beautiful day and there were some visitors who had driven up to, from San Francisco and they were sunbathing naked and I, you know I have nothing against Nudity or nakedness, but I just don't know what to say to people, <laughs> and so I, I I went and talked to the hosts, and I and I said, look, I said this is a good chance for us to maybe take the car out and go see the countryside. He said, yeah, drive to Ukiah. It's a little small kind of artist community, and you know, and then be sure to look for the monastery on the way. They're, it's beautiful, and you'll be able to see that. It'll be a lot. It'll be a great day trip. So. We um, got in the car, put the top down, and we took off. Now, this was also, of course, this is just about any summer, but there were about 40 fires north of us. And so everybody was, you know, talking about the fires, and they're watching everything. And there are signs everywhere telling you, don't throw anything out of the car, especially cigarette butts, because we're going to arrest you, and there'll be a hefty fine. And so we're, we're driving down this beautiful, windy road. And as we're driving, we notice that there are firemen, and then there there are, like, people out and they are uh, igniting and extinguishing control fires and so it just it's kind of strange because we don't you know see that around here but it's just part of life there because otherwise if a fire gets out of hand it's going to just take over and destroy you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, real estate and so we're driving along and as we're driving we pass several of these firefighters and we notice that on the side of the road there's something growing wild and it looks to be maybe like dill or something like that. And so my, my, my partner said, I think it's dill. And I said, no, I think it's fennel. And so, and it's not what you think it is either. And so finally, he said, "Pull over and let me see what, and we'll we see what it is." And I was nervous. I mean, know, yeah, we saw these fire people out, and there were, you know. So we pull over, and he gets a piece of it, and he crushes it in his hand and rubs it, and then re- leans over and I smell it, and it is, in, it's the real deal. And so he brushed it off out the, the passenger side window, and I check both um, uh, rearview mirrors, and we pull off into the. Uh, the winding road and we're driving again and then we get just a little ways down the road and I noticed that there are blue lights in in my rearview mirror and it's a police car and I thought well he's probably going to another fire where they're you know gonna you know and no he's following me and he indicates for me to pull over so I pull over and stop the car, and i you know, get my driver's license and whatever I can, the rental car information. And he pulls up, and he's got those mirrored Ray-Ban zone, and he says, I saw you throw something out of the car. And so I, I looked, and I said, oh. I, and I looked at my partner, and I, I thought, you know, he's going to explain this because he did it. <laughs> and I looked. Now, my partner, number one, he is a rule follower. He was a rule follower at the time. I mean, he never broke a rule. And so he's sitting there, and he is not saying a word. And I look back at those Ray-Bans, and I look back at him, and he's still not talking. And I realize, and also, he's got his upper lip is swelling, which is an indication that he, I know he's not going to say anything. He is shut down. So I thought, I've got to tell the story. So I looked at the, guy, the policeman and I said, Officer, okay, um, we're here just visiting the wine country, and we rented this car and we were riding around. We're going to Ukiah, and we saw something growing on the side of the road, and we thought it's dill. No, it's, maybe it's fennel. <laughs> and we said, um, we, So we stopped, and, and he pulled some of it off the bush and just rubbed his hands like this, and then we smelled it. And we decided it was indeed deal and he brushed it off. And the police officer looked at us, and he said, where are you boys staying? And I said, we are staying back at the, and I told him the name of the ranch, and he went, oh. <laughs> Because you know when you see two guys in a Mustang convertible driving through the wine country, arguing over whether it's dill or fennel, it doesn't get any gayer than that. (laughs) So anyway, he told us, you know, y'all be careful, you know, don't throw anything else out, don't throw anything else out of the. the, the, I said we we won't, I promise. So we drove on, and you know, now I have to say this: as we're both we're both raised Southern Baptists, and so I mean the trip that day is like downhill I mean because you don't just shake off being pulled over by the Popo in a foreign land (laughs) like that so we drive on and we're looking for the monastery and we find the monastery and it's gorgeous it's got this Tibetan architecture and you drive through these incredible gates and it's huge and the grounds are beautiful but it is deserted and I thought they heard about the gay litter bugs they're like they're they're they're, you know they're in the chapel and they are not coming out for anything so we drove around very carefully and we left through the gates and then we headed to ukiah and so when we got to ukiah it's just this quaint little artist kind of community village it's it's not very long little main street and on the main street are several little shops. And it was Sunday afternoon, so a lot of them were closed. But there was an artist co-op. And I said, great. I love to go to artist co-op. And I generally, I like to buy the blown glass um, ornaments for the Christmas tree when I go on a vacation. So we stopped and we, we talked to the woman at the artist co-op. And she showed us some of the local art. And we oohed and over that. And then I asked her, I said, do you have any blown glass? And she said, oh, well, there's a shop right down the street that has blown glass. I said, well, great. And I said, let's just, we'll just walk down there. So we walked and sure enough, there's a shop and there's a big sign on it that says blown glass and it says open. Now it's dark inside because I didn't know this, but this is California. They conserve, they don't turn the lights on unless somebody's, you know, in there. So we walk in and there's no one in there. And the front half of the store is all, it's, uh, it's completely all this clothing entirely made out of hemp. And I start thumbing through it, and I go, well, this looks kind of like linen. I might be able to find something to take back to Louisiana because it's so humid here, but they're all unisex. And you know, unisex just does not fly well in Louisiana. You know that as well as I do. So then this guy comes out of the back, and he says, did y'all need some help? And I said, yeah, I, I wanted to see the blown glass. And so he co- says, sure, come on over here. And he, there's these two huge cases, and he turns on these lights, And the two cases are full of blown glass bongs, every possible color of that you can imagine, every combination. And I thought to myself, first of all, now I had not, I I didn't have much experience with, as my mother calls it, the pot. (laughs) And so I didn't even know really what I was looking at. But I told him they're beautiful. Um, I, I think we'll just look at the the clothes again so we thumbed through some of the clothes and then we eased our way out and thanked him for his time and his his electricity and went got back in the car and we decided that you know we would drive back and on the way back I thought to myself we had seen signs on the side of the road and heard advertisements for indoor growing um, indoor growing. I can't remember what the other part of it was, but we thought to ourselves, why are people so big on growing things indoors here? What is the big <laughs> deal with that? Why is there so much about grow lamps? And then we, when we got back to the ranch, they told us that it was legal to grow pot in that county. So I'm not going to say that I, that I smoked pot on that trip, but I will say that when we got back to the infinity, infinity pool, I got a sunburn <laughs> all over <laughs> So the next morning
1: <laughs>
2: I, we decided it was time to go back to San Francisco and fly out. So we were getting ready for the drive and we got in the car and I was, I was like, I had a really bad sunburn and I took some aspirin and I asked my partner, would you drive? And so he drove. And so on the way home uh, or way back to San Francisco, I, I took a nap and I had a dream and I, I kind of feel like it was a vision, but in the vision, If you'll picture with me this idyllic landscape, sort of an artist rendering, and on the left there is a field, a lush vineyard, and in the middle there's a a winding road with with dill growing on both sides of it. (laughs) And on the right side there is a huge verdant field of pot. And in the far corner over here, are flames that are just sort of just sort of teasing at the edge of the vineyard and the Californians are all in the front and they are all dressed in hemp togas (laughs) and they are they are drinking the wine and they are creating these incredible recipes with the dill and they are of course smoking the pot in glass bongs of every color of the (laughs) rainbow and then the fire begins to leap from tendril to tendril in the vineyard and consumes the the vineyard and then it spreads from there to the dill and of course the dill just catches fire like that and then finally it moves from the the dill over to the pot and all of these fires the fire from these fires the the smoke begins to just mix and mingle in the sky and, and then as I'm watching it, it rises, and it rises farther and farther, and it passes through the clouds, and it goes past the sun and the moon and the stars. And then in this, in this dream, it breaks, pierces hev- into heaven, and it fills every room in heaven. And then this one room, this, this throne room, it goes, and it's be- just one little finger of it begins to go up this throne and then tickles the very nostrils of God. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, and don't forget our next live storytelling event on the theme Under the Influence is on September 13th at the Marjorie Lyons Playhouse. You can get tickets on our blog, allyallblog.com. There's a little button that says Tickets, You just press it, and then you can buy some tickets.
1: We finalized the storyteller lineup today, and um, I've just got to tell you, it's going to be an unforgettable night. So we hope to see y'all at All Y'all Under the Influence on Saturday, September 13th at Marjorie Lines Playhouse on the campus of Centenary College.
0: Maybe you can fit in one more time. September 13th. September, 7 13, PM. September, 13th.
1: September 13th. September 13th.
0: Marjorie Lines Playhouse. All Y'all
1: September 13th.
0: Bye.